and welcome to another series of Build Back Better with us here at For the Region. During lockdown, a lot's been happening in the city centre. It's really changed its whole feel, it's modernising, it's going green, and there's so much more happening. And I'm really delighted to invite some very welcome guests who are also helping to shape the face of the city centre. Um, I'm delighted to welcome Kim Mamaday from the Centre of African Entrepreneurship, who'll be talking about the Enterprise Hub. Louise Harris from Tramshed Tech, who will be talking about the Palace Theatre. Nick Saunders from Depot, talking about the Albert Hall. Alice Mitchell from Swansea Hackspace. Lisa Mark from Ambassador Theatre Group, talking about the Swansea Arena. And Dougie from Swansea Business Improvement District. Welcome, everybody. Hi. So as Zoe says, it is a really exciting time to be in Swansea City Centre and for those of us that haven't been coming into the city day in, day out over the last year and a half, it's quite surprising when you come back in, you see this brand new bridge over Oystermouth Road, the arena has taken massive strides forward and is well underway and all the new housing development on the opposite side of the road, um, apartments, new car park, um, just changing the face as you drive into the city um, and definitely a talking point for better or worse but these landmarks are going to become sort of iconic for Swansea over the next few years and all of this is part of massive investments that are underway mainly led by Swansea Council in partnership with the Swansea Bay City Deal so investment from Welsh Government and UK Government into this city centre scheme and it's what the leader describes as sort of pump priming um, to show that we in the city are so confident in our own future and um, to put that sort of flag in the, in the sand and say you know things are happening everyone's on board there's a shared vision of what we want for the future of the city and um, it's a massive statement of intent really that first phase of development known as Copper Bay in the middle of Swansea um, but what that was intended to do was to grow confidence among the private sector and the independent sector so that we would see others making investments in the city and um, you know turning around those sort of areas of the city that have been unloved for far too long. Um, so we're really pleased as Zoe says to bring together a group of people to tell us about some of the really exciting projects but one person who is as passionate as we are about Swansea City Centre and spends his days trying to think about how to make it better and improve business in the city is Andrew Douglas who we know as Dougie from Swansea Bid, the Business Improvement District and Dougie you've got some great news this week uh, would you like to share that with our well, audience yes yeah, so uh, last uh, last friday the uh, ballot was officially announced we've been in ballot now for um just under a month um and swansea bid was successful in securing its fourth term um here in the city so we were initially started in 2006 we're now the only fourth term ballot in wales um and yeah we're here now till 2026 fighting for the city centre as it all says behind my head um but yeah so we've got big plans are already starting to swing into place now that we've calmed down it's been a very busy month um so things are starting to calm a little bit now and then the, the planning starts 
So you're looking ahead to the next five years, but you've done a huge amount of work to keep the city centre ticking over throughout lockdown. How are businesses in the city feeling and are things reopening and, and um, coming back to life after a period of, of lockdown? Yeah, it's it, it, the footfall is not where we were pre-lockdown um, and we're under no illusion that that is not the case. Um, personally, I think part of the, that issue is caused by the fact that you can't fill a bus with people. So getting to the city centre um, is um, still an issue. Confidence is coming back. Some of the, you know, Saturdays are uh, nearly as busy as they were. We've worked in conjunction with the council to put parking offers on to counter um, that lack of um, ability to, to, to get onto public transport. Um, but there are other things coming. You know, dur during um, the lockdowns, we were giving away PPE kits to retailers so they could carry on going. We've given away over 5,000 items of PPE um, into the city centre to keep um, the traders and their staff safe. We've got more plans for um, cycle hubs and things to get more people into the city centre, helping people diversify, helping people get to grants so they can change the way that they trade to, to meet the, the requirements that COVID has put on people. So yeah, there's lots and there's some big stuff that's going to be coming within the next six months as well. Some very, very big announcements which I've got to sign the contract for this afternoon, so I can't say anything about it. Um, but um, there is some very, very big stuff coming before Christmas. I mean, it is obviously great for Swansea City Centre to have a business improvement district in operation. Uh, it's a way for all the traders in the city centre to collaborate and um, share ideas about what makes things tick and what will make the city stronger over the longer term so delighted to hear that the fourth ballot was successful the biggest news in swansea city center is of course the new arena and i'm really delighted to welcome lisa mart from ambassador theater group to tell us about um, what's going on with the arena ambassador theater group are going to be operating the arena on behalf of swansea council um, lisa welcome Good morning. So tell us, where where are things with the arena? When's it going to open and what can we be looking forward to? Uh, well, construction's obviously well underway, as you've said. For those that, you know, live in the area, you know, driving past it, driving underneath the bridge, you can really see it taking shape now. I think we're officially watertight, which is quite a big deal in the construction uh, programme. Um, yeah, no, it's going really well. We're hoping to get the keys by the end of the year, and then we're going to start a process of testing. So we're hoping to, to work with some local organisations, local musicians and artists um, to test the stage, test the bars, test the toilets, all that kind of stuff, and then building up to a big official opening um, sort of late, no, early spring next year, not late spring, early spring is what we're, what we're aiming for. So we're currently building that programme as we speak and what to expect. I mean, everything, the, the arena has been designed in such a way that it's fully, fully flexible. So we can obviously do your music gigs, comedy, we can do premium theatre, but we can also do things like e-gaming, conventions, sports, you know, things like wrestling, darts, 
Um, it's a completely flat floor, um, so you know we can we can amend the auditorium in, in any way we want. So when people ask me that question, I'm like, you tell me. What what do you want to see? And we'll, we'll figure it out probably. Um, so it's going to be a real exploration over the first few years to to find out what we can do, but also what the people of Swansea want to see as well. And Ambassador Theatre Group is a well-established company that runs venues across the UK, lots of them in London um, and elsewhere in the regions. What are some of the um, other venues that you think we can look to and think, oh, well, that might be the future of the Swansea Arena? Or is it is it completely different from anything you've done before? It's a little bit completely different, if I'm honest. Um, so the Ambassador Theatre Group runs 57 venues internationally. Um, so we've got venues in America, on Broadway, across Germany, and of course, all across the UK. And like you say, quite a lot in the West End as well. Um, I'm actually coming from one of running one of their venues in Birmingham, and I used to run one of their venues in Wimbledon. So we certainly have a great breadth of knowledge across a variety of venues, but this is the first one that we've taken on that has the word arena attached to it. Um, we have venues in places like Aylesbury and Folkestone and Stoke um, in England that have got flat floors that are used to hosting music events, but this is the biggest that we'll, we'll be doing in the UK. Our venues in America have, you know, real premium music events. Um, we own a venue called Sugarland, um, well, sorry, in Sugarland, Texas, not called Sugarland, in Sugarland, which I always think is a great name, um, that does, you know, real premium music. So really, we're going to be looking to them to see how they're doing things and how we can emulate that in the UK. And I suppose the benefit of having a UK um, company is all the connections that you guys have got with premium events and um, music gigs and other shows um, that you're adding another venue to an already busy roster um, and so we can expect um, really sort of crowd crowd drawing events and occasions to happen. Do you think that's going to um, provide opportunities for other existing businesses in the city just to sort of get into a bit of that discussion about will the, will the arrival of a big new venue like this have knock-on effects for smaller venues and kind of the existing music and art scene? What, what are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. I mean, you know, that's the dream, isn't it? We, I mean, yes, we have a, we have a central programming team that program all of our venues across the UK. So yes, we already have those connections. It makes it much easier for us to route an artist tour and to recommend Swansea as a new location. Um, and I think the area is obviously served really, really well by smaller music venues. And, um, you know, there's lots of great ones in the city. And then you've got the really large scale ones, you know, you've got your Liberty Stadium, you know, you've got Singleton Park where you're doing 45,000 people plus events but the problem is is that's not sustainable you can't do you know two of them a week so hopefully we'll be able to do more you know we'll be attracting artists that can come more regularly and so we'll be bringing you know two to three and a half thousand people into the city centre of an evening that we're hoping are going to you know be taking advantage of local hospitality maybe staying over maybe making a weekend of it I mean the one thing I've learned about Swansea is that it's absolutely gorgeous and you know I'm obviously trying to find a house there and, and decide where to live. And every time I visit, I feel like I'm going on holiday. So I just think, you know, I think people are going to want to come and, and really take advantage of, of making the journey if they come from outside the area. 
Thanks, Lisa. Yeah, I think that's the challenge that we all face um, and for Swansea Beard as well and for all of us. It's like, how do we leverage the benefit of all this increase in visitor numbers? How do we do a good job of encouraging them to stay and encouraging them to take advantage of everything else that's in the city? And that's going to be up to us to communicate all the things we love about the city and really amplify what there is to do. Um, in Swansea and of course in the wider region um, because it's bringing people in from further east in Wales and uh, there's loads that we can offer them so I'm looking forward to that opportunity and I'm also looking forward to what we can do in terms of creating events and conferences ourselves there are some great organizations in the city uh, who can put on amazing events so it's not all about attracting events from elsewhere it's what can we build and grow for ourselves with this fantastic new facility so that is really exciting and um, something to look forward to for early next year for the region is hoping to be able to host some of our regional conferences in the venue so that's really exciting um, but that's a massive new build project the other thing that's really interesting in Swansea is there are a few key pieces of architecture that have survived um, the blitz and have survived successive demolition over the years and actually point to Swansea's amazing heritage as Copperopolis um, and as a real sort of thriving town. Two of those amazing pieces of architecture which have been left uh, in a state of neglect for far too long are the Palace Theatre and the Albert Hall. Now the Palace Theatre on Swansea High Street, many of you will know that it wasn't too long ago that it had trees growing out of the roof and uh, really has been left in a state of ruin. And finally Swansea Council were able to acquire the Palace Theatre and invest in um, saving the building because it has a huge heritage as the kind of heart of Swansea's cultural scene. I think um, in the olden days some real big names came to the Palace Theatre and it really was the place to be. So thankfully the building has been saved um, with presumably money from Welsh Government and Swansea Council to rescue that amazing piece of architecture and I'm delighted that we've got Louise Harris from Tramshed Tech with us today and Tramshed are taking it over. So Louise, welcome. Tell us about what you're planning to do with this amazing Swansea landmark. Thank you, Zoe. Thank you, Dawn, for inviting me today. Um, you're right in saying that Tramshed Tech are now involved in um, the regeneration of the Palace Theatre in Swansea. And I absolutely love that Lisa went first. She's building a new theatre um, and we're in the, in the middle of trying to renovate um, a very historic theatre and it's, it's really exciting for us as a as a as a business probably quite daunting when um people hear that there were there actually are still tree, trees <laughs> growing out of the building um but we have some form as a business in finding fantastic architectural buildings and transforming them into vibrant um, and extremely busy <laughs> co-working spaces. Um, so we, we started off in Cardiff and we renovated the old tram shed. That's where we get, get our name from. Um, and it's got a lot of comparisons actually to the Palace Theatre. So tram shed had been empty for nine years before 
we became involved in the project. It didn't have a roof, it didn't have windows. Um, and funny enough, it had a huge, great big tree growing out of the center of the building. So um, we took the space over, we worked with uh, the then landlords to kit it out and transform it into, um, got 30 offices um, and a co-working space of about 5,000 square feet. That was four and a half years ago. Um, and in that time, we have transformed not just Tramshed in Grangetown, uh, but also a number of hubs across Wales, UK. And uh, we actually recently opened our latest European office in Paris. So we've had a fast expansion um, and, and growth plan underway. COVID hasn't really slowed us down, um, but our heart has always been and will always be in Wales. And that's where we make our home. Um, and that's also where we put all of our energies um, to try and open new spaces. We know from what we've done, we've got a hub um, in Carmarthen, we've got one in Newtown, one in Pembroke Dock. We know from our work in Cardiff and the surrounding areas that we can't get enough space <laughs> for the amount of companies that want to work in the way um, that we, we work here at Tramshed. And obviously COVID has accelerated that somewhat. Um, and just to give you a little bit of a flavor of the model that we operate, so uh, you can kind of envisage what we've got planned for the Palace Theatre. Um, we focus very much on tech and digital businesses, and we see that that is a huge growth potential for Swansea as a city, but also for the economy in Wales in general. Um, so we focus on supporting those tech and digital companies, um, and they may be individuals, or they may be startups, or they may even be scaling companies. But we create an environment um, in, a, in a, a physical space that allows us to support those businesses, however large or small they may be, to create opportunity. So that may be opportunity around um, new ways of growing their business. It may be opportunities around gaining investment, um, or it may be opportunities around partnering with some of our, as I mentioned, UK and European network spaces. So we are all about physical space and we will be creating that in Swansea, but even more important to us is the community that we work very, very hard to build around those physical spaces. So here in, in Cardiff, we have over 500 members based in, in just one of our spaces, but our online network is into the thousands now. Um, and that's very much supported by the organizations that we bring together in order to create that community. So we work with big organizations, prime organizations that are already based in Swansea. We work with Admiral, Microsoft, Barclays, NatWest, very big organizations. And then we work with amazing startup and scale companies like, um, I'm just thinking of some of the tech companies in Swansea, like Delio, for example, a FinTech uh, scaling company. And we bring those companies together um, in order to, as I say, create amazing opportunities. So we're super excited to be bringing that to the Palace Theatre. Uh, but we also see, and it's great to see so many collaborators on the call today, we also see that we would be working with the wider community, with Nick over in the depot, and hopefully the other uh, colleagues on this call 
to create a wider community beyond just the Palace Theatre that extends to the whole of the Swansea Business District. I think that's a really key point, Louise, that, you know, buildings are one thing and you're absolutely right. We need the right sort of space for businesses to set up and grow and um, businesses want to be in amongst other businesses of, of a like mind. So those kinds of clusters are really successful elsewhere. Um, but it's also about the ecosystem, isn't it? It's about building the networks, making sure we're a really connected business community where people know each other, can work together, encouraging those kind of inter-trading opportunities and also learning from each other. And it can be a lonely journey when you're a business owner or an entrepreneur. So being in community is really important. Um, when are you hoping to open? What's the time scale on all of this? We are hoping to be open. Um, we're always very optimistic. So we're hoping to get open uh, probably not too long after Lisa opening in the arena. So summer 22 is with where we've been heading. Uh, that may slip slightly um, due to you know, some of the restrictions we've faced because of COVID over the last few months. But as I said, we have got a track record of these projects in the past so we're hoping that all of the work that we've been doing over the last 18 months to get get to this point um will mean that we can get open by summer next year wow it's going to be an exciting year that's fantastic to hear about that thanks so much for coming and updating us and i'm going to come to kim next because in a similar way kim's project for the center for african entrepreneurship is very like-minded with that in terms of creating space and support networks for entrepreneurs in the city. Welcome Kim, thanks for joining us. Thank you John. Um, yeah, rightly said, um, for us we work primarily with um, people that want to start their own businesses, so it's either, you know, they've already had a business idea or, you know, they just have an interest in entrepreneurship, but I'm not really sure um, where to go for support or what exactly to do. Um, so for us, we've just, you know, over the years tried to sort of build a network, um, you know, to bring together these people, these entrepreneurs, um, so that they can support each other as like-minded individuals, as well as, you know, through the journey as you said earlier um dawn about it just being an isolating journey where you know sometimes you know people cannot share the challenges maybe with their family or whatever it is um people that they have around them so at least we will bring together these entrepreneurs so that they can support each other but also um can get support from um the many business support providers we have um here in swansea i think just the networks we have is one of you know just the strong you know key points um about swansea so um we've got this new enterprise hub um, we just got funded for it so essentially you'll be purchasing a building and transforming that to be um, a place where we can bring together all these small businesses that we've been working with and any new businesses that will be coming up, connecting them again with the support providers that are around in the region, as well as um, hopefully, you know, investors can come in and see just the ambition and just the big ideas that are around um, in Swansea. So apart from that, us as an organization, we just try to do things to help people on that journey. So for example, we'd plan to have like a cafe where it will essentially be run by small businesses where, you know, we're handing it over to them to be able to, you know, get whatever relevant certificates that they need through the cafe, um, have volunteers, whatever it may be to just support people at the very grassroots level. And through that as well, um, 
we can continue to train more people and then um, still just connect a whole um, different community um, to each other. So that's just the plans that we have for the enterprise hub. I think it's about that whole pipeline, isn't it? You know, we, we all have this vision of Swansea as a thriving city full of independent businesses of all different types. And that starts with creating the right conditions for people who may not even have considered self-employment or who may not have that sort of confidence or belief in themselves uh, to find encouragement, to find people who tell them, yes, you can do it. And, you know, it's really important for the future of our economy that you do take that step and try and grow your own business in the city. Um, the universities obviously have a huge role to play in that. And we're really lucky in Swansea to have two universities with really strong entrepreneurs programs um, and then organizations like the Centre for African Entrepreneurship, the Young Business Dragons um, and many others in the city who are working really hard to create that ecosystem of support for anyone that thinks they'd like to start a business and Swansea has already won awards and been rated you know one of the top places in Britain to start and grow a business and it's that um, culture of enterprise that we think is going to be a real driver for success over the next few years and I think the work that you do Kim is so important in making sure we're providing real opportunity and welcome to people from diverse backgrounds I know that the city has become much more ethnically diverse over the last decade or two and again that's become really central to our identity here in Swansea so it's really great to make sure we're providing that welcome and providing opportunities for everybody. Um, do you think people you talk to are aware of what else is happening in the city Kim or do you think a bigger job needs to be done to communicate the opportunity do people feel optimistic about the future or um, you know what's what are people saying about um, what they'd love to see for Swansea? I think generally, um, I think as, as we said before, people do just generally have a negative perception when it comes to Swansea and just, you know, everything around it. So I think that's also something that we try to change because we work as well a lot with young people, for example, um, that are in university. And um, we are also trying to, you know, show young people that there's all these opportunities, all these interesting things that, you know, are coming up um, in Swansea for you to do things that you can just get involved in. And um, yeah, to just stop young people, you know, from leaving, from getting their degree here in Wales and then going back to England, whatever it is. So I think there is um, a lot of work that still um, needs to be done in terms of people knowing what is around and um, just consideration as well for other groups, as you've said, because um, we work primarily as well with um, ethnically diverse groups. And for that, these are typically um, marginalized groups where in terms of messages that sometimes may go out, it may not um, reach the groups. So I think there's just a lot of work that still might need to be done um, in terms of making sure that we're reaching every single person because um, Swansea has become a city of sanctuary, hasn't it? So just make sure that, you know, we are considering um, all the different groups and involving them in everything that we're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And I liked what you said earlier about um, creating that sense of ownership by handing over responsibility to for the cafe and for the space um, to the community as well. So it's really making sure everybody can 
be part of this very positive story, but making sure people realise they don't have to leave Swansea to make their dreams um, a reality. And um, with many of the partners here today, it's clear that those opportunities are going to be here in the city and um, it's up to all of us to take advantage of that. So the Albert Hall is another architectural gem in the city that has had many different uses over the years and has been an aspiration for the council to regenerate and bring back into beneficial use for some time and I'm really delighted that we've got Nick here to tell us about um, a new project that's going to be taking place in the Albert Hall. Uh, Nick welcome tell us what you're up to. Morning Dawn. Um, so Depot's been obviously been in operation in, in Cardiff since 2014. For, for no one who doesn't know Depot, we're a multi-purpose event space that um, started off as a pop-up and then we permanently um, recently moved location to a, a new 22,000 square foot warehouse in Cardiff. Um, and we've been looking for a site in Swansea for quite some time. Um, back in 2018, we actually looked at a place on Fabian Way, the old bus depot, so you might see it on your way in. Um, and unfortunately, we didn't get planning for it. So um, the opportunity arose when Lofco, who the developer behind the Albert Hall project, came to us um, earlier part last year. Um, Louise will know from, from Shamshed and the developers there who've, who've created what they, they've uh, made a brilliant development there. Um, and the opportunity has come to obviously to, 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 to make a live music venue and a food hall on the ground floor of the Albert Hall. Um, it's a historic building. It's over 157 years old. It's had performances from Charles Dickens, Oscar Wilde, stacked in history. Um, and obviously, like like you said, it's it's been left for quite some time and, and really needs a new lease of life. So we're we're really hoping and really excited to, to come to Swansea, being able to put in what we uh, put in enthusiasm from events, um, from a food perspective. Um, bringing all the different types of creativities together in, under one roof, I suppose. Um, we're, we're the ground floor, there's then obviously other layers to the building and the developers doing, um, not 100% sure on, on what's still going in there, but I think the idea behind the project is to have multifaceted uses of it, um, become a destination for the area. And obviously we're sort of one of the anchor parts of that. Um, our idea primarily is going to be able to do live music up to a thousand capacity. Um, obviously, you've got Lisa over with three and a half thousand in the arena, um, sort of Sin City at 500. And we still think there's a, a massive opportunity at a sort of thousand capacity mark for live music gigs. Um, I think something that probably Swansea hasn't been able to have um, for quite some time. You've obviously got huge names coming to Singleton Park. Um, to the Liberty and the likes over the years, but I don't think they've had that out and out ability to see gigs at sort of that thousand capacity level. So yeah, we're, we're really excited to come. Um, development and construction is, is underway um, and it's probably going to be not until the autumn of next year that you'll see us probably open, but yeah. We hear a lot about um, this idea of pop-ups um, when we're talking about placemaking and regeneration these days. And um, I was interested to hear that sort of that's how you guys started. Will you tell us a little bit about that sort of pop-up context and um, how that has now evolved into taking on these sort of more permanent venues? Does it keep something of the culture of a pop-up when you move into these spaces? 
I think for for this this project alone, this is going to be a little bit different for us because it's going to be more of a more polished version or the most polished version of what we've done. Primarily, we we take over spaces which potentially will have a short term lease on it. Um, we will turn it into something that potentially someone can't see through the vision for. Um, in the last warehouse, if you looked at it before um, we converted it into a street food market, you would have thought I was barney mad. Um, it was an absolute dump. Um, but I think in terms of the pop-up, it, it, it's it's making something, uh, giving something new lease of life and it's being creative with it. And I think that's what we've done previously. And I think where our business has sort of moved on from that, um, you do have to try and look at sort of the, um, the length that you'd be able to spend in, in these spaces. Um, so the infrastructure has to be put in place for the, for those, hence why we're looking to sign a, a longer, a long lease here in Swansea and, and um, be here for the future. I suppose it's enabled you to test things and see what works and learn along the journey um, to now, as you say, move into kind of a longer lease. You mentioned a food hall. I mean, that's a real key theme for our city centre, local food producers, street food. We've got some fantastic um, street markets in Swansea. Um, tell us a little bit about the, the food hall. Are there opportunities for local businesses in that? And who, who yeah, will go in there? Definitely. Um, I think... One thing I was quite conscious about coming to Swansea is I suppose there is a rivalry between Swansea and Cardiff and us being a Cardiff-based business. No, sure not. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't want it to feel at all that we were coming into the city and, and putting our stamp on things. And I've already started to make conversations with local local um, suppliers, um, local traders, and giving them the opportunity to, to showcase and, and show off what they can do for the city. Um, so by all means, we'll be working with with different traders. There's going to be five kitchens available, um, which um, yeah, we'll we'll go up to tender for for Swansea and the surrounding areas, um, and then from production in terms of the live music space, we're going to be looking to work with local production companies and, and ensuring that um, the local crew and everything else is is involved in this project and make a real community feel to it. Thank you for saying that, Nick. I think that's so important. I mean, that's what we want to see from all of these projects. We want to see them creating opportunities for local businesses, local creative uh, creative people and creative organisations. There's such a wealth of that in our city and um, we really want to see that capitalised on. So really great to hear those opportunities that you guys are bringing. And as you say, it just adds another string to our bow in terms of a, a thousand capacity venue um, so we're not going to be able to choose between all these amazing cultural events that are coming to the city uh, fantastic to hear about that thanks Nick so we've talked about arts and culture and we've talked about food and we've talked about creative and digital there's another real key theme for Swansea one of our strengths and our opportunity areas historically and in the modern day and that is engineering and inventing things and being a city of innovators. Um, I've mentioned already that we used to be known as Copperopolis, um, but we were also 
the city where I think the hydrogen fuel cell was invented and a huge number of other stories about our fantastic industrial and engineering heritage. Um, and so we wanted to talk today about a really fantastic innovative space in the city centre called Swansea Hack Space. And I'm delighted to welcome Alice Mitchell to talk to us about that. Alice, welcome. Tell us about Swansea Hack Space. What's all that about? Hi, thank you for inviting me. Swansea Hackspace is a community-owned um, maker community. We have a dedicated space in the city centre where people who are interested in making, building, designing and skill sharing get together and utilise the space and the facilities to work on their projects and their ideas. Um, we have built up over the last eight years um, a steady community and quite a large collection of equipment. We have active groups from, we have, a, we have a strong textiles group, we have a strong 3D printing, laser cutting, vinyl and graphic design, lots of different yeah, creative and technical groups. Um, and we provide our services to the community, to members, for anybody who needs the space, the equipment, or the skills to, to build something. Really? And, um, we're, we're entirely volunteer-based. Um, but during lockdown, we were pushed to move from our existing premises high above Wind Street, and we've been lucky to secure a lease on Park Street in the centre of the city, where for the first time we'll have a street level presence, which we really hope will um, yeah, make us more visible to the community. And we're in the process of fitting out what was a very dilapidated building, um, bringing it back up to, to a safe standard and building the working spaces, the workshops, the teaching spaces and so on that we will be using. I mean, as you say, Swansea Hack Space has been in existence for a great number of years, but has been pretty invisible to people around the city. So that is a really exciting step forward that we'll be able to see a, a street level presence and for people to realize that there's this great resource that they can take advantage of and I suppose in a way that the makers and the doers in these kinds of spaces again form part of that ecosystem of innovation and potentially entrepreneurship for the city. Um, you say it's volunteer run, um, that sounds like a huge job for a team of volunteers. Have you got a, a committed group of people that run that? Um, there's a group of five directors elected from the from the membership. We're all volunteers. Um, but yes, we have a pretty dedicated team of people who have been working to bring the space up to, to, to a livable standard, as it were, um, repairing the electrics and so on. But yeah, we have such a diverse team, which is great. People with all sorts of skills. Um, and, you know, a few small companies from around the city, some entrepreneurs that have worked in the space also contributing their expertise. 
and helping us to be able to rebuild the space um, and hopefully have with with the increased floor space we will have in this this facility we hope to be able to be able to help a lot more people and grow more it's part of the message isn't it that there are opportunities here in the city for everyone to get involved and learn new things and use their skills and share their skills with others it's a fantastic example of that kind of grassroots um, network that is really creating opportunities for all kinds of people perhaps those people who haven't had um, success in kind of the traditional education um, options that exist, but want to just be hands-on and, and make stuff really exciting. Yeah, our, our community has been also from, from just hobbyists, students. We do get some small startup companies who, who can't afford that kind of equipment for themselves. Um, That's the or, key, isn't it? They're really like high-tech 3D printers and things like that. Yeah, yeah. I say 3D printers, laser cutters, computer-controlled milling machines, vinyl cutters, sewing machines, overlockers, just so many different things, tools, equipment, and people who are enthusiastic and knowledgeable about using them. And anybody can come along, be shown how to use a piece of equipment, and then use it for their own ideas and projects yeah i love that great to hear about that thank you alice and um i think that's something that we need to amplify a lot more as i as i say i think it's been a hidden gem in the in the city and it'll be great when you're in this new space when are you looking to be able to open up in the new in we, the new location well things have been stalled a lot by covid because we're volunteers we've been restrictions on who can go in there um we're hoping to get, we're going to start to allow small numbers of people in in the next few months. Great. Well, yeah, everything's hopefully uh, returning to some semblance of normality, fingers crossed. So, yeah, great. Keep us posted. That sounds really exciting. So, Dougie, we've had a huge overview there, haven't we, of all these different um developments, projects and initiatives in the city and coming to the city. Does it make you feel excited? It makes me think I should have gone for 10 years, not five. Um, I've got, there's an awful lot to do. Um, you know, I'm just dropping a message to Alice. We'll be able to help you um, with some publicity when you get going. Nick, we you and me need to talk. I have some traders who are looking to get in to provide your food spot venues. I, you know, there's so much going on. And a load of stuff that we're doing is going to be able to support you. I'm going down to see Lisa in the arena on Thursday. I'm very excited about that. Yeah, so there's there's lots going on. And Kim, I can't leave you out. We're going to have to have a chat as well. So yeah, there's 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 lots and lots going on. It's really really exciting to see all this. this lots of different things coming to the city centre. As somebody who does like like to like a bit of live music, I'm going to be very very busy. Um, so yeah, it's going to be brilliant. I'm really excited. It's all about sort of finding more reasons to visit the city than just retail. We haven't really talked at all about retail today. And um, it's, it just shows how the role of our town centres and city centres is shifting and has to shift, really. Um, and great to sort of see that strength. I'm interested to hear from either Louise or Nick with your kind of Cardiff hats on. Uh, you've referenced that sort of old 
rivalry between the two cities. And one of the things we, we talk about here in Swansea is, is that we're, we're not trying to be another Cardiff. Um, what do you think are the kind of key differences and sort of the opportunities for Swansea to be different and, and better than Cardiff? Swansea is the second biggest city in Wales. Everyone knows that. I think it, it's, it's, it's punched below its weight for, for quite some time. Um, I mean, the opportunity is is in that it is a beautiful city, um, as as Lisa alluded to before. Whenever you do visit, um, you've got the beach just on your doorstep, and you've got the greeneries around. Um, I think it, it is definitely going to be a destination place. People will visit, um, even if it's more towards the the um, the wider communities that are feeding into Swansea. Um, I think it's definitely a destination place and. And the more things that can be happening in the city centre to drive the footfall and, and to make it more of a, an experience for people when they do travel, the better. Um, I think it's got a, a, a massive amount of creativity in terms of what can be done. And I just think that it needs the places to, to showcase that, whether it's from a food perspective or from the performing arts perspective. Thanks, Nick. Louise, will you say anything about the, the difference between Swansea and Cardiff, perhaps? Yeah, sure. Um, in terms of the, you know, the, the differences, I think Nick's covered those fantastically well there, you know, and Lisa did mention the, the beauty and the reason, some of the reasons why people are attracted to Swansea. For me, though, as, as we start to build out the business there and work with local businesses on the ground, um, I think it's also about the people that are now being attracted to Swansea and those like Alice uh, that have been there for, for a while and how those people start to work together. Um, and that's what will give Swansea a real unique edge over other cities in the UK, is the types of businesses and the entrepreneurs uh, that will start to do and have been doing amazing things based in the city. So uh, it's a bit like speaking earlier about, is it about place or is it about people? For me, I think it's always about the people that you bring together. Um, Swansea has, all the right ingredients. Um, I work with uh, an organization called uh, the Tech UK Tech Cluster Group. Um, and we report directly to DCMS in central government. And on that group is a representative of every region, major region in the UK. So you've got the big guys, the Manchesters, the Leeds, the Edinburgh's, the Glasgow's. And when you on paper put Swansea into that mix, all of the things that you need um, all the ingredients, they're there. But lots of other cities have those as well and don't make the most of those things. And I think what Swansea has now over other cities in the UK is the willingness, the enthusiasm and the entrepreneurship that's required to push this innovation forward. So it's a really, really exciting time. And I think those unique aspects are all about the people. That came through actually really strongly in a business forum meeting that we hosted a few months ago. You know, the, the, the people, the friendliness of the people and also that, that sense of pride in Swansea that exists, um, real strengths that we can build on as we go forward. I mean, Swansea is a place of massive inequality as well and, and a huge amount of, sort of deprivation across the city. What's really important is that we never lose focus that all of this investment all of these new spaces, bringing more events, more cultural opportunities to the city. Our end goal has to be 
to provide opportunities and jobs and improve the life chances of those people who've lived here and grown up here and give them reasons to stay and, and the ability to build um, happy, healthy lives in the city. I think that's one of the things that comes through in every conversation you have with local businesses. They really care about the communities around Swansea. They really care about young people in our city who perhaps have had to watch while other cities have had the investment and exciting stuff has happened elsewhere. And what we really want to do is get that message across that it is happening here and um, that there are opportunities for people to take advantage of and we need to make sure that all communities um, really have access to that. I just wanted to sort of say that I've really enjoyed today's conversation. Everything that has been discussed uh, is all around our sort of core values here at For, uh, for the Region. Our core values are around positivity, collaboration and empowerment and all of you guys are all doing every bit of that and I can't wait to get this video out and show everybody um, all of our regular listeners and our newsletter readers what an exciting time it is for the city um, it's just brilliant and the diversity of the different things that are coming together in the city centre and I know that I had a chat with Dougie a couple of weeks ago there's some great stuff happening that the bid have got on on the plate as well the city centre is going to be um, looking very different soon and as Dawn mentioned earlier to 2022 is obviously going to be the year <laughs> so much to look forward to and um, for any of you listening please get in touch with us if you're doing something exciting in Swansea City Centre that you think we should know about we want to amplify all the good news stories and connect people I think some good connections have been made here today around the table um, but there are other amazing things happening uh, there's the pedestrianisation of Wine Street which is ongoing to create really nice um, safe district for um, nightlife in the city, but also for daytime entertainment and hospitality. There's the redevelopment of Castle Square with new spaces going in there as well. And the regeneration of the wider city continues. So it's very much an evolving story and there will be hidden gems amongst all of that that we don't know about. So if you're bringing something amazing to Swansea or if you've got an idea that's looking for a home, looking for space, um, please get in touch with us at For The Region and we'll do our best to connect you to all the great change makers that we've heard from today and many others who we haven't heard from. Do like and subscribe to this video channel and leave a comment below. Please share this with your friends and colleagues and um, make sure that we are getting the word out there about what an exciting place Swansea is to live, work, invest and visit. Um, but for now, I think that's all from us. I've been Dawn Lyle from For The Region. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs>